Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. How many of you know what a cog is? Cog. It's spelled C-H-A-G, but it's pronounced K-H-A-G. And a cog is a feast. That cog. Not a cog in a wheel. Not C-O-G. And we're going to have one today. All right? We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate the King of Kings. We're going to celebrate his birth. You know, um, so if you're visiting... We're going to have a catered meal right after at 1230. Uh, we would love to have you be here. We're going to have a party. We're going to do a gift exchange. And if you didn't bring one, just let Tori know, and we've got some extra ones. But we want all of you to stay, and we're just going to celebrate. And the main guest is Jesus Christ. Amen. So we just want to keep reminding everybody, you know, as, as we move forward in time, um, the younger generations know less and less what Christmas is. And what it's really all about. I was telling the intercessors I saw uh, this place in Houston. I think this, yeah, it was in Houston. Um, and they did this giant light display. And it was, it was awesome, but it was all about Star Wars. And it was huge. I mean, it was blocking the streets because of all the people going. But I'm not sure what that has to do with Christmas. And, and I don't want to get all religious or anything, but I just think we need to continue to remind people why we celebrate this season and what we have because of that. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, welcome. It's really good to have you here. Um, I've been talking for quite a while now that we are in a season of harvest. Um, and some of you may be asking, well, you know, why do you say that? What makes you think we're in a season of harvest? Uh, and we're going to look at that today, actually. We're going to be in John chapter 4. We're going to kind of go through most of the chapter. But one of the reasons I say that is because it's the Holy Spirit's timing. Uh, you realize that every generation has to have a harvest, right? Since the beginning, since Christ left this earth, each generation, I believe there's a harvest every year. I really do. But, but every generation, there must be a season of harvest or else it doesn't go forward. Okay, and so I believe that we're in a season of harvest, not for one generation, for multiple generations. And like Pastor Wayne was talking about, there's something about this Christmas that's stirring. And, and I'm seeing people come to me with a hunger for the gospel like I've never seen. And so we, what I want to do today is I want to equip you. Okay, we're going to talk about, we're going to look at John chapter 4. And this is the story of the woman in the well, the Samaritan woman at the well and Jesus. Um, but actually what he's going to show us is how to evangelize. How many of you realize he was the original evangelist, right? I mean, John the Baptist paved the way for him, but he, he was the original. And so I think it's a good idea to look at how Jesus did this. There's no formula, right? Okay. 
We have to be led by the Spirit. And that's what we're going to see happen in this story. So, one of the things I want to encourage you as we go into this season, because everyone's hearts, you know, not everyone, but most people's hearts are tender towards Christ during Christmas. Those that are lost and unchurched, that is a season when they are open to the gospel. And so we want to be ready, right? Say, I'm ready. Okay? And if you're not, we're going to start getting you ready, all right? That's kind of what we're about today. So, John chapter 4, I'm going to kind of tell the story because I have, there's so much in it that I really don't have time to just read the whole thing. But I want you to understand that when we walk out of here today, that we should be equipped and excited about the fact that God can use you to see someone else's life changed forever. Amen? Amen? All right, so here we go. So Jesus is, is leaving Galilee, all right? He's kind of getting run off by the Pharisees again. And he's heading, uh, excuse me, he's leaving Judea and he's going to Galilee. But he has to go through Samaria, okay? And as he's going through Samaria, he goes through this little town called Sychar. And as he gets to this, this is where Jacob's well was. Remember that story? Anyway, as he gets there, verse 7 says, um, let me see if I'm getting here at the right time. I got ahead of myself. So anyway, verse 6, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired. He was on a journey. He'd been on a journey. Remember, he's probably been walking since 6 o'clock in the morning. This is close to noon. So how many of you have walked for six hours recently? You know, bow hunters, you know what I'm talking about. You're tired and you're thirsty. Okay, and so he shows up at this, this well. Um, it's about noon, and verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, okay, as she walks up, Jesus says something really interesting to her. First of all, they're not even supposed to have a conversation. You know, Jesus is going to break down. Jesus, he was a master at breaking down cultural and religious Amen. lines. Amen. He, 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 didn't, he didn't play by the rules. Okay, in fact, he had just left a very religious place, and he's come to this place, the Sumerian uh, countryside, and so this woman shows up, and Jesus says to her, will you give me a drink? Now, that's a pretty simple question, right? Uh, but in parentheses here, in my Bible, it says, for the Jews do not, and she said, how can you ask me for a drink, for the Jews do not associate with the Sumerians? Jesus answered her and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. All right, so some, some interesting things are taking place here. First of all, we know from this, if you've read the story before, we know that this, this lady is probably somewhat of an outcast, probably not the most popular lady in Sychar, okay? She's had five husbands. She's living with a guy now. She's probably somewhat of a social outcast. She's there by herself, which most of the women usually went together. Um, but Jesus asks her a question. He says, can you give me a drink of water? Well, you know, uh, we studied a while back, each one of us has a need inside of us for significance. Okay, every person around you, every one of those that are hurting and struggling, those people that seem the least of the least, we all have a need for significance. And Jesus is tapping into this significance as he walks up to her and he's not afraid to talk to her and he's not afraid to say, hey, can you help me? And then she's surprised by this and she goes, why are you even talking to me? 
You know, how can you ask me for that? And then he begins to say, but guess what? I have something I can give to you. Not only am I asking, he's, he's creating a relationship right there. He's beginning to tear down these, these walls that are built up. So he goes on and he says, if you knew the gift of God, and he begins to talk about, she's talking about physical water, and he's going to begin to talk about spiritual water. Okay, and we're going to see Jesus talk to his disciples here in just a little bit, and he's going to talk about food. And they're going to talk about physical food, and he's going to talk about spiritual food. And so Jesus is always trying to help transition us from the physical into the supernatural, into the spiritual realm. That's what he came to do, huh? So anyway, he goes on, and she goes, you know, you don't have anything to draw with. The water's, the well's deep, you know, where are you going to get your water, and are you greater than Jacob? And he starts this conversation and Jesus in verse 13 answers and says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Now, the woman hadn't quite figured it out yet, more, any more than the rest of us would, and she's like, sweet, I want some of that. That means I don't have to keep coming back here every day. I won't be getting thirsty. I don't have to be doing all this work. Yeah, I want some of that. So she's all over that. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that. And he goes, so she said, yeah, I want this. So he tells her, go and call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. Jesus says to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is... You've had five husbands, and the man that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Now, I don't believe for a second that Jesus was speaking in a condemning way. He was actually, in, this, in the Christian world, we call that a word of knowledge. Okay? He spoke something about her life that he had no way of knowing except to the Holy Spirit. That's what we call a word of knowledge. We get those a lot here in this church for each other. So he has his word of knowledge, and he, he speaks and declares, this is what's been going on in your life. And it's, he hits a heart string right there. Now, remember, we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about how we can learn from Jesus to become evangelists as well. And so he's looking into this, this woman's eyes, and he's allowing the Holy Spirit to tell him how to speak to her. Ms. Betty, we were talking about this morning. He's asking the Lord, Show me how to think about this. Show me how to talk to this woman. And as he begins to do this, he says, go. And so I think it's really interesting. Verse 19, she, he, he gives her this word, and he immediately goes, I can see you're a prophet. And then what <laughs> the next words out of her mouth is she wants to start arguing with him about where they should worship. <clears throat> because that's a religious spirit. That's, that's the spirit of religion. That's the thing that divides the world, right, uh, is this religious spirit. And Jesus just steps right through it, okay? And he doesn't, he doesn't even mess with where you're going to worship. What he says is, is he says, um, woman, verse 21, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship... What we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet, everybody say yet. Yes. A time is coming and has now, everybody say now. now. 
has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father. Now listen to this. In the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now there's something really interesting in that that I had never seen before. I've quoted that scripture I don't know how many times in my life. And I usually quote it that we worship the Father in spirit and truth. And that's how most of us say that, right? Jesus said, in the Spirit. Amen. So how do, you, how do you get in the Spirit? There's only one way, and that's to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Okay. And so what God's looking for, the Father is looking for worshipers. He said, the true worshipers are the ones that have come through my Son and have the Spirit of God living in them. And so he's beginning to lay a principle that hadn't even happened yet. But he's beginning to speak into this woman's life, and he's not messing with the religious stuff. He's beginning to go right to the the heart of the problem. He says, verse 24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. The woman said, now listen to this, because this is really crucial. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. See, all of a sudden now God's gotten, Jesus has gotten down to to the depth of her heart. And she's got questions. She has a hope. She has a hope in a Messiah. And she's way more open than most of the Jews that Jesus ever deals with. She says, I know he's coming. When he comes, she's not worried about him setting up a kingdom. She's worried about he's going to be able to answer these questions that I have in my heart. And you know that we have people all around us that have questions. They're like, God, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand this is happening to my family. I don't, I don't understand why there's no real joy in my life. And we have the answer in us. And they're reaching out for Christ. Some of them know it. Some of them don't. In my case, I knew I was reaching out for Christ. I just wasn't, I was afraid to, to take that step. But a lot of people don't know that. Amen. But they know there's a, a giant hole in their heart. It doesn't matter how successful. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have an empty spot if Christ isn't in there. Amen. And Jesus has tapped into that. And she says, I don't know, I don't know about all this stuff, but I know when Messiah comes, he's going he's gonna to explain this to us. Isn't that good? Yeah. And then Jesus declares in verse 26, I, the one speaking to you, am he. <laughs> I wonder what her face looked like when he said that. Because, you know, on one hand, she's going, wait a minute, you don't look like anything like what I thought. But then you did just tell me, she says, everything I've ever done. I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't tell her everything she'd ever done. But he certainly hit on the thing that was, that was her deepest concern. For some reason, she, there was something wrong with her in her mind because she couldn't stay married. You know, after one or two, you start maybe start thinking, maybe there's something wrong with me, you know. After five, it's like... <laughs> Probably pretty obvious, right? So Jesus has really touched her now. And just about that time, the disciples return, verse 27, find him talking with the woman. And as usual, they're, they're kind of out in left field. They don't ask him, what do you want? Why are you talking to her? Uh, they're just kind of like, there he is, breaking all the rules again. <laughs> Whatever, you know? <laughs> 
Then leaving her, by the way, I don't know that Jesus ever got his drink of water, certainly not during the conversation, but she does leave the water jar there, which I think is really interesting because that was something of value. I mean, you gotta be able to have a, something to draw water. She leaves that behind, it's like a picture. She's like, you know what? This is bigger than anything I've ever seen. And she runs off and she goes to the village. And when she got back into town, she said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And you know what? I don't know, I don't know what the dynamic was like in that town, but I think she was probably pretty fired up because this is probably a social outcast, and she got the whole town coming back. She came into town, and she probably got into a little more detail than what it says in there, and she's like, he told me about my husband. He told and she is going to be excited. Wouldn't you be? If all of a sudden you just thought, I don't know for sure, but this guy might be the Messiah, the guy we've been looking for for all of our lives. This may be him. Amen. And it drew the people. Then we get into this really interesting conversation. Remember, we're talking about evangelism, right? Amen. Jesus is going to, he's evangelizing this entire community, but he's also teaching the disciples. All right, so... We pick up with the disciples here um, in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples are urging him, Rabbi, eat something. <laughs> and he says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Now, here we go again. They're like, what? <laughs> so the disciples are looking at each other, and, and they're going, could someone brought him food? And once again, we have to be trained to look past the physical into the spiritual. Amen. Okay? We have to learn to do that. It's available to every believer, but we have to learn to start doing that. We have to learn to start saying, God, show me beyond the, the circumstances that I see right here in front of me. Amen. All right, so, he, so Jesus goes on, verse 34, and it, this is a key verse. I, I want you, if you have Bibles, you can mark or you can highlight or uh, whatever. Verse 34 says, my food. Everybody say, my food. My food. Okay, so my food. Jesus says, my food. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it here in just a minute. Is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Yes, 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 yes. I want you to think about that for a minute. Jesus is declaring to his disciples, he said, my food, what sustains me, I'm not worried about this meal that I missed. He said, what keeps me going is to do the will of the Father and to complete the work that he sent me to do. This is a big deal, guys. This is one of those we need to wrap our heads around. Yes. Is that God has a plan for each and every one of us in the body of Christ. And it doesn't look like the plan for, that he has for Tina. It doesn't look like the plan for Bo that he has for me. But he has a plan for each and every one of us. And we won't really be completely fulfilled until we're operating in that. And Jesus said, this is my food. I'm not worried about this bread that you brought me. So I, he's so excited, he doesn't care about it. I think he's so excited because he already knows what's getting, to happen, getting ready to happen. And so he says, so re repeat this with me. My food, My food is, to is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you understand what that means for us? Amen. That means he's going to use us to complete his work. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that good? 
we all have that opportunity. It doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. God is bigger than your circumstances. And eat, yeah, somebody ought to be excited. I mean, this is good news. All right. And then he says something really interesting. He says this great statement. This is, you know, my food is the will to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Then he says, don't you have a saying? <laughs> I love this. It's still four months till harvest. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about this, and I can remember uh, when we got back from Oregon in September, I was really kind of excited about going fishing because we didn't get to fish in Oregon. It was raining and snowing the whole time we were there. Uh, but we get back, and I'm, I'm kind of making these plans to go fishing and do stuff, and Lainey's kind of like, uh, shouldn't we be getting wood? I mean, it's kind of getting closer. to. I'm like, it's like, ah, don't worry. There's four months to the harvest. And that's what Jesus is telling me. He's going, hey, you guys have this saying. Oh, don't worry about it. we got plenty of time. What's he say next? He says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. He's going, you don't even see what's going on around you. He says, you're getting ready to have a whole town come back here, and we're going to see their lives change forever. Wow. He says, open your eyes. There's not four months down the road. He says, we need to do the work today. Amen. And then he'll provide the, the things that we need for tomorrow Amen. and the next day and the next day. It's good to plan for the future. But we need to be walking and accomplishing his will today. And you don't know what that's going to look like. Jesus just walked up to the well to get a drink of water. Of course, he was Jesus. He probably knew what was going to happen. I don't know. But, but you know what? Those disciples didn't. But they got to see something really incredible happen. He says, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now. Everybody say, even now. Even now. He said, even now, the one. Where'd I go? I lost my place. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. That's the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. Now he's going to look at the disciples and he's going to get right down to it. And he says, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Amen. You realize that with the exception of Wayne and Marshall, I believe that's the only people in this church that were here 40 years ago at the inception of this church. But we're going to celebrate that next summer, by the way. Amen. Who else? Barbara. Barbara. Awesome. So we have three people. Yeah, I mean, give them a plan. That's awesome. I mean, you know what? All of us are reaping the, war, the rewards of their labor. Right. And every generation needs to be doing that. Each and every one of us needs to be reaping the rewards, the, the, the harvest that someone else has worked for. At the same time, in God's wisdom, he's got us doing work, preparing for someone else to reap. Yes, it's an ongoing work till he comes back. Amen. Amen? And so each one of us, we're supposed to be looking around. If we don't reap the harvest that's ripe right now, who does? Okay, it's going to go away. We can, we can be working for the next harvest, but what about the harvest that's ready right now? 
And so we have to begin to change our mindset and begin to expect encounters with people. Begin to ask God to show, because I think we're having them all day long. And we just sometimes miss them. Or else sometimes we think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure. If we don't do it, it costs them. And this is not about guilt or condemnation or anything like that. It's about we can do it. He's equipped us to do it. Amen? Amen. He's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. Actually, he's going to ask you something that's impossible for you to do. And then he says, but everything's possible with me. Amen? Amen. (laughs) All right, good. So we are reaping a harvest that uh, someone else did the work for. Now I think it gets really cool because we get to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. How many realize that your testimony makes a difference? Okay? Because nobody can argue with it, right? It's your testimony. It's what God did for you. They can say, well, that didn't happen to you, but it's not like, well, were you there? (laughs) I'm different. Something happened. (laughs) I used to cuss like a sailor. All of a sudden, one day I walked in, I didn't cuss anymore. They're going, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Something changed. (laughs) So they believed because of her testimony, okay? But the testimony was, he told me everything I ever did. Pretty sure he didn't. Pretty sure he just said the things that needed she needed to hear. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him, listen then, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. You know that that community was changed. I don't know if all of them got saved, but I guarantee you the community was changed. You take 50 people in Red River, get them saved the same day, I'm promising you the community is not going to be the same. You take Angel Fire, Quest at Taos, wherever we come from, you get 20, 30 people saved in the same day, you know your community is not going to be the same. Amen. Because the Spirit of God has just been released more and more through each one of us into the earth. The Spirit of God is all around the earth, but when it comes into one of us, we're in the physical realm as well as the spiritual realm. We have an impact like nothing else can. The angels can't. We carry the presence of God with us. And it's the same baby Christian that got saved this morning has got the same presence of the guy that's been walking with God forever. I'm not looking at you, Dan. Maybe I am. <laughs> I can tell you right now, in the same summer, Linda Hogue, Ted Calhoun, Dan Sewell, and myself all got saved, and Red River was never the same. Yes. I guarantee you. And it was because there were other people willing to reap that harvest. Amen. Other people that were willing to come alongside us and love on us and encourage us. Amen. Good news, isn't it? Wow. So, verse 42 said, many, verse 41 says, because of his words, many more became believers. Then they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Yay, God. Guess what? Jesus didn't do a miracle 
that's recorded in the Bible in this town or with these people. He just came from a place where he'd done a whole bunch of miracles and they ran him out, the Pharisees did. He's heading in the next few verses, he's going to head back in, into Galilee and they're gonna, they're gonna, he's going to chastise him because he says, all he ever wants is a sign. I'm sure he's pretty frustrated because he just came from Samaria and they didn't even ask for a sign. All they wanted to do was hear the truth. Amen. And the truth will set you free. <laughs> Isn't that good? Wow. Man, that is so awesome. I am going to look at my notes. I don't know why. I haven't looked at them all day, but... You know, Trinity last week spoke to us, and, and if you didn't hear that message, I'd encourage you to get it. You can go to Facebook or our website or whatever, but he talked about peace, and, and he talked about a, different, a lot of different facets of peace. But I want to tell you that in my experience, there's a peace that comes when you have a tragedy in your life. And you look to Christ that, that you have no control over, right? I mean, it's, it's His grace just poured out upon you. And many, many, if not most of you have experienced that. But there's a peace that comes when we're walking in His will and we're being obedient and we're doing a thing that we were designed to do. Because see, it says um, in Romans, I think it is that, no, Ephesians, that we are designed, we were created to do good works in Christ Jesus. That's what we were created to do. That's not what gives to heaven. That's not, that's not what, you know, gets us. Uh, that's who we're created in Christ to do. Yeah. We, get, we receive Christ. We get, we get to have a relationship with God because we accept just exactly what this story tells us. These people just accepted what Jesus told them. They believed what he said. And all we're called to do, and maybe, there may be people in the room today that have never really believed that he did what he said he did, that he died for you, that he, he went to the grave and he rose again so that death could no longer hold us. Right. Death no longer has a sting in our lives, okay, because Jesus did that for us. And it gives, gives us not only access to God, but it gives us eternal access to God. We get to have access to God for now, forever, yes. forever. That's that worst, that's deserving of a clap because that's what Christ. And so the peace that we have doing that, man, it's it's hard to explain. It's a different kind of thing. I want to continue to encourage you that Jesus said, you know what? These works, these miracles, these things that I'm going to do. He says, you're going to do greater things than that. Okay? And he's talking about every one of us in this room. Because the spirit, he just was laying the groundwork. <laughs> There's so much more that he wants for us to do. And it's a joy. We're not talking about, you know, it's, it's not some burden we have to carry around. It's a joy. It's a it's a. It's a privilege, but I don't know about you, but if you've ever led anybody to the Lord, you've ever seen God use you in a very supernatural way to really change a life, it's the most encouraging, uplifting, exciting thing that can ever happen. Amen. Of all the things that I've seen in my life, there's nothing that compares to that. 
There's just something about it because you know it couldn't have been you. Amen. You know it was God using you. Amen. And there is a world out there that is so hungry. And we're in a season right now. It is just crazy. I don't understand it. But Amen. I've been working at Skiri. This is my 44th year. I'll start 45 next year. Um, I have friends that have been there almost that long. Uh, and a lot of them, when I got saved, when I accepted Christ, when I had that relationship, you know, the Bible says we have a different smell. <laughs> in other words, our fragrance, to some of them it's the fragrance of life. To others, it's the fragrance of death. And when I, got, when I finally received and had that relationship with Christ, I had some friends that, that backed away. They didn't want anything to do with it. Amen. Uh, and there was nothing I could do about that. Um, but when I became a pastor, let me tell you, that circle increased dramatically. Amen. Because I guess they think, you know, we're going to corner them, and, and, you know, and maybe they've Amen. seen <laughs> abuses. I don't know. Uh, but they think when you put that title pastor on there, it's like, I'm not riding a chair with you, okay, because I know what's going to happen. You're going to have me in that corner. I won't be able to get away. And, and so I've, I've had these friends that, that just, you know, they're like, they, in a crowd, they're great, you know, but they don't want to get close one-on-one. -on -one. But, you know, that's changing Amen. right now. Amen. All of a sudden, guys I've known 30, 40 years are starting to come to me now. And, and they're coming to me. I'm not going to them. Amen. And I've made it a point at the Skiria not to go out and, and, you know, declare all these things. I, I've tried to live a, a witness for them. And I've, I've, I've done a lot of work. And Dave Kidd and all different ones at the Skiria that have laid this foundation. And now the people are starting to come to, to me. I'm walking down the parking lot. I see a guy in a truck that I know. He rolls the window down. says, are you still pastoring? What? Yeah. He says, man, I need to start coming back to church. Says, Can I come see you? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Walking down the parking lot, going to eat lunch. Amen. That's what we can expect. But we got to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. And Jesus says, don't worry about what you're going to say. You just ask him. I'll, tell, I'll give you the specifics. You know, Jesus knew exactly what to say to that Samaritan woman. Amen. Yeah, you're not married. That's right. You've had five husbands. I know how broken you are. The guy you're living with isn't a husband now. I know what you're dealing with. Jesus knows how to speak to the heart. Amen. And we don't. Amen. So we don't have to, it's no pressure on us. <laughs> Isn't that good news? I mean, I'm glad. I'm really glad. Because it's his grace. So what I want to do today is I want to pray for you. I really do. I, I want to ask if, you know, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, if you've never really said, you know what, I mean, you've known about it, or maybe you haven't, but but there's never been that moment when you said, I surrender to you, and I want to have a relationship, I want you living in me, then today is the day of salvation. Amen. Okay? Because it is. It's the season of salvation. It's a season of harvest. And so as we pray, if you're if you're that person. And as I'm praying, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that. And I just want you to raise your hand, and then I will come and talk to you afterwards. Okay? I'm not going to embarrass you or anything. But if you really, if this is the day that you want that relationship, I want you to raise your hand when I'm praying. But also, the rest of us, I want to pray that God will just begin to encourage us and equip us 
and give us a boldness and a confidence to be able to just share that love. Amen. And it's not, it's not a works thing. It's a relational thing. It's saying, you know what? I love you enough to share what God has done for me. And they'll ask you for it. I guarantee you this. This is the season. Jesus said, you got the saying, it's four months from now. It's not. It's now. And we're going into a season when people's hearts are open. And they're going to walk into your shop. And they're going to go, they're going to go into your store and into your, the ski school and, and all these different places. And they're going to be hungry. And we carry that hope. So let's pray together. Father, as we just come to your throne of grace this morning, we first of all, we give you glory and honor for your faithfulness and for your love, your willingness to send your son. And Jesus, this is the season where we celebrate your birth. This is the season we celebrate what you've done for us. And we want to share that. And so I pray that today, Today is the day that you begin to, to just pour out your anointing and your gifting in our lives. You begin to give us those people. This, give us the eyes to see those people. And then give us the, the words to speak to them. Help, them. help us to be able to see into their lives and be able to see the hurt and be willing to say, I love you enough to be part of the answer. And so we pray for that. I, I loose a special anointing, a special gifting today of evangelism over each and every person here. And I thank you for that, God, because that is your heart for us. We don't all have the gift of evangelism, but we're all called to be evangelists. We're all called to share this love and to carry this presence. And the Lord, this morning, if there's any in this room that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you want, to, you want to get into that relationship with Jesus. I just ask you to raise your hand, okay? I thank you for that, God. Thank you. Now I ask you, just as you sit there in the quiet, I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you, to give you a word right now of encouragement. Okay? Just listen. You're not going to hear a voice. It's in your mind. He lives in you. Lord, speak to our hearts. You look up at me. You know what the Lord just told me? He said, today, seeds were planted and lives are going to be changed. Not only your life, but we're going we're to see a harvest. You believe that? Okay, remember what faith is. Remember faith is the confidence in those things that are not seen and the assurance of the uh, confidence of the things hoped for and the assurance of those things not seen. So we're believing today, Lord, that we're going to see lives change forever. Amen. Praise God. We're going to ask our intercessors to come up. If you need prayer for whatever, anything at all, uh, some of you guys come on up if you would. We always want to have the altar open to pray for you, whether it's for your loved ones, your friends, for you, whatever that might be. Now's the time. All right, everybody's hearts are open right now. The Spirit of God is moving right here. So don't leave. Uh, First of all, we hope none of you leave because we're going to have this, this uh, cock 
but <laughs> amen we're gonna eat <laughs> we're gonna party we're gonna have a great time because of, because the special guest today is Jesus amen all right so Dave if you put some music on we're just gonna uh, uh, release you here's the deal I want to pray over you real quick but there we're gonna start setting tables up okay we're gonna turn this place into party land all right and we need your help we want you to stay you're invited to stay okay and and so Lord I just pray cover and blessing we praise you and thank you for this day and we pray as we walk out the doors that the, the Spirit of God is just flowing out. It's the love and the joy. Uh, Wayne talks about the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, people aren't going to be drawn to somebody that looks like they just ate a sour apple. And so put the joy in our hearts, Lord. Help us to just carry that joy and that peace. I pray covering and blessing over each one in Jesus' name. Okay, so... God bless you guys. We're going to set up. We're gonna, the meal is going to be at 1230. It's catered. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. And if you don't have a gift or something, just let us know, and we'll make sure that's taken care of. Altar's open. God bless you. Have a great day. Give God a clap. Amen. <laughs>